0: The Passholder Lounge is open once again And I am so excited to welcome you in Hello everyone, it's Justin Monorail Coming to you from the Passholder Lounge Can you see it? Can you picture it? I want you to feel like you are here with me in the lounge Just think, dark woods, supple leather Maybe dim lighting Possibly dim ribs in your hand And maybe a little jazz music playing in the background. In fact, you might be hearing some jazz music right now. I just want you to know I didn't add anything to the track. If you're hearing that, that means you have fully immersed yourself in the Passholder Lounge. So welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is our first pre-recorded show back since the break. This is going to be the new bi-weekly, or sorry, bi-weekly you're going to get a podcast. One of them will be live. One of them will be pre-recorded. And this is the pre-recorded one for the month Sometimes in a month you'll get two pre-recordeds and one live There will always be one live But if the weeks line up such that there's three podcasts It'll be two pre-recordeds So I'm hoping it's sounding better than ever I've adjusted some things I've tried to fix some things This is one of the reasons I wanted to get back to doing some pre-recorded stuff Because I can control this stuff And I'm a control freak But I guess you'll be the judge of that Whether it sounds better or not I think it will and that's all I need. You know, all you really need in life is self-satisfaction. Feeling, feeling good and proud of what you've done? Don't, don't base your happiness and your worth over what other people say about you. I was saying that in a silly way, but that's actually good advice. <laughs> Should tell that to myself sometimes. Well, you're probably wondering what you're about to get on this episode. Let me tell you, joining me today is my co-host. You'll hear him on our monthly pre-recorded shows. It's in the Dawes Dome. Yes, it's true. From the Phil Show, Monday to Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. on 987987.com. He's He is an actual radio personality producer in Knoxville, Tennessee. He gets paid to actually have his voice listened to. I do not. So Landon's going to be joining me today. In the future, we'll also have Cousin Kevin join us. He's on a cruise this week, so we're going to forgive him. Cousin Kevin, you'll know Kevin from the Mouse Knows Best podcast, and also formerly Morning Monorail when he joined us, and the Passler Lounge. You also know him as a Yankees fan, but uh, he's not attending any Yankees games. I bet he missed out on some Yankees, Yankees games while he's on that cruise, but that's, that's a shame. We all should feel real bad for him, but he'll be with us next month. In the meantime, you've got me and Landon, and this time... We're going to have a little synergy between the content. On the live show, I gave you a little teaser about the International Food and Wine Festival. If you want to say it right, the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. I can't say it right. If you want to say it right, the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival presented by Corksicle 2023. I keep saying Corksicle. I bet it's Corksicle. I bet that's the way you're supposed to say it, but they're not paying me. I could say it any way I want to. Well, today we're going to be continuing to talk about the International Food and Wine Festival. And if you want more, you can get more Epcot Food and Wine Festival content on my blog. My first blog has been posted to the PassholderLounge.com website. You can also go to JustinMonorail.com. It takes you to the same site. You can get access to the blog as well as previous episodes of this show You can click on Merch and view the store on Threadless, and you can contact me if you want to join the Discord. You can send me a little note. So you can do all that stuff on the website. You should check it out. It's very cool. Well, let's jump into it. Today, Landon and I are going to be doing a little bit deeper dive into that menu for the International Food and Wine Festival. We're going to pick out a few items that we want to try. By the time you're hearing this, I may have already tried some. In fact, I can tell you that I did. If you want more information, stay tuned. Have a great day, everybody. Let's get into it. Here's Landon the Dawes Dome. Landon, can you believe that it's been so long since we've actually recorded for the Passholder Lounge? Like it's been like six months. It's been a long time.
1: Has it really been? It's that long?
0: it's been a long time. It, it seems crazy because I mean, for the last what five years, we probably haven't gone more than a couple of weeks without recording together. Jesus, I know. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. yeah,
1: especially when you put it that way. I mean, thinking back between, I mean, Nerd News Cafe between the monorail and then and then I mean even even near fall. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We've always found some reason to get behind these mics and hit record.
1: Holy balls, man!
0: And, but but it's it's been a break, but break is over. Break time's over, and we're getting ah, back in. Does
1: that mean we have to try again,
0: <laughs> dude? I can't help but try. I'm I'm a try guy. You remember those guys? Whatever happened?
1: No, no, I remember the fry guys. which, oh, which I mean that 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 might explain my body shape.
0: I. I would much prefer to talk about the fry guys. Mm-hmm. Like, can we talk about the anatomy? What, what's going on underneath their dreadlocks that hang off of it? Like, I kind of picture it. Cause it's right there. You, you, if you start at the bottom, you got tennis shoes, you got these little sticks that go up into what I assume is like a poof ball, but okay. Like, what if you, what if you shaved off all that fur, what would be under there?
1: <laughs> uh, just a couple poof balls. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, then they're fry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You get, to, you get to see the entire menu, I think.
1: Hey, now, is that a sex thing? <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it, the entire menu. <laughs>
0: I hope you like the entree. Um, mm. <laughs> we were talking about Peking duck before we started recording. Um, oh, it, anyways, speaking of menu, I feel like that is a great segue into our first topic. You know... I'm gonna try this thing called synergy. I, I've heard I've heard of such a thing called a synergy machine, and and with all of the products and content that I'm creating now, I want there to be some sort of a like conversation between those things, a little bit of connection. So we're gonna try something today. Um, if you joined the live passholder lounge on July 18th, I think it was. It was Tuesday, July 18th. Um, I was
1: really good about your guesses when you're when you're recording.
0: I know. And, you know, now I've said it, it's recorded and I don't edit this show. Um, But aside from kind of like reintroducing people to the Passholder Lounge and talking about like the new direction that I was going to take the show. One of the things we talked about was the fact that the (sighs) take a deep breath. Epcot International Food and Wine Festival presented by Corksicle 2023 (sighs) is coming back. To Walt Disney World. As of this recording, it's already happened because uh, this is coming out on Friday, August the 4th, and uh, the Food and Wine Festival started back on last Thursday, July 27th. So, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. I actually went to the Food and Wine Festival on Thursday after work. I'm sure I loved it and had a great time. Um, But as we're recording this, I haven't done it yet. So... Um, one of the things I just kind of want to talk about, I mean, and we can talk about food and wine in general and our experiences there, but looking at the new menu this year, I, I shot the foodie guide over to you. Everybody knows I'm a sucker for a foodie guide. As soon as those drop on the mm-hmm. Disney Parks blog, I'm all over those foodie guides, um, usually trying to pronounce words that I have no business pronouncing, uh, but mostly just salivating and getting, uh, you know, the rumbly and the tumbly. Um, so, so Landon, first thing I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts on food and wine as a festival at Epcot? I mean, I know Epcot pretty much has festivals all year long. So I would ask you, where would you place it? And is it something that you feel like you as a fan and an annual pass holder want to prioritize attending as part of your trips to Disney?
1: I am glad that you pointed out that at this point, it seems like Epcot has festivals going on all the time. I honestly feel like this is going to sound weird. The time to attend Epcot might be the, what, 14 to 17 <laughs> days out of the entire year that they don't have a festival going on. And that might sound weird when I say it, but I say maybe check out those days, A, so you can say that you were there when it wasn't happening for, yeah. you know... uh that aspect but B also maybe the crowds would be a little bit died down but uh i am a pass holder and i have attended all of the festivals that epcot has going on year round currently it has the food and wine festival uh next up after that, it's going to be the international uh what a uh, holiday festival and then round to start the calendar next year it'll be what uh arts yeah. and then flower and garden right you start
0: the and year then, with farts yeah
1: yes yeah always start the year with farts uh eat heavy at the uh, holidays new <laughs> year's comes around and you have the farts yeah. uh and uh, i honestly of, of the four festivals that epcot has this is the one that i prioritize the least mm. it's like am i glad that i have attended food and wine at Epcot. Yes, I am glad that I've attended this. But at the same time, if you go to Epcot and you do Epcot right, you're always going to be eating and drinking something good. So to me, food and wine doesn't really make itself stand out from a day in the parks at Epcot. Mm. Are there going to be some booths that have, you know, different and exclusive food and drink offerings than the regular day in the parks, of course, but that's every festival. It's going to have, you know, exclusive or limited edition, however you want to call it, Mm -hmm. uh, food and drink offerings. But to me, having done all four, like food and arts, I mean, you have the arts parts, the arts parts. Uh, Look at me, I'm a poet uh, that draws you in. So you have something to walk around and look at while you eat and drink. That draws you in. Uh, Flower and garden. You have the topiaries that are in and of themselves pieces of art that you can marvel at. I mean, like I'm a, I'm a. Carry the w- thirty-eight-year-old man <laughs> that I never thought I'd be like. Man, that is a really good-looking flower display. But every time I'm down during flower and garden, I'm like, these things are amazing. And then, uh fe- or festival of the holidays, it's like, I mean, it's it's Christmas trees as far as the eye could see. And then you have food and wine, where it's like, all right, you got food and wine, which again, kind of going back to my original point, you always got food and you always got wine at Epcot. So to me, it's like. Having done food and wine once at Epcot, I could give or take it.
0: It's interesting. I feel like that's a true like pass holder perspective of food and wine. <laughs> because because I really do think that people who aren't pass holders and even pass holders as well, but but especially those who aren't, think about food and wine as a time to visit Epcot. Uh, You know, this is something that maybe is a tradition for them. They come every year during food and wine, you know, for the last some odd 28 years um, to Epcot since they've been doing the festival and, and and it has grown. It's changed. I think that some of what goes on at food and wine. You know, has now bled into the farts. It's bled into flower and garden. Aside from a few of the uh, ancil- by the way, if
1: anything's bleeding into your farts, you do want to check with a doctor.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe just,
1: just, just want to point that out.
0: Maybe go to a Minute Clinic. But but I think I think that um, my my point being that food and wine, because it's so successful and so popular, has now influenced those other events, and they're hmm. hard to distinguish between um, unless you start looking at some of the ancillary things that you talked about. Food and wine is still about the food and wine. So, right. There's not quite as much going on like you have for flowering garden or, or the farts um, Festival of the Arts for the Uninitiated. Um,
1: But it's going to be the farts, y'all. Come on. It's 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 me and Jay talk. Right. We're we're, we're practically still eight year olds.
0: But sometimes I have to remember there may be people listening that aren't you know as knee deep or neck deep in Disney stuff as we are, and I need to probably be a little more specific. The we Epcot, will drag
1: you down to the farts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is why you're listening to the Passholder if, Lounge.
0: If you're part of the Passholder Lounge Discord, it's known as the farts. That's pretty much all anyone says. So. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I could see how because of that, Food and Wine's like. Well, you know, personally, and and I've heard people say this: the food is better at Festival of the Arts than it is for Food and Wine, and it's also plated better at Festival of the Arts. It looks more interesting and Instagrammable, and we know how important that is. Um, and then at least a flower. Unfortunately,
1: for some people in this day and age, it's uh, more important than how the food actually tastes. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Um, but then, you know, flower and garden, people love doing the topiaries and and all sorts of things. So, so food and wine, you know, you've, it's about the food, it's about the wine. They haven't brought back the, um, specialty kitchens where you could actually do the cooking classes that with like, uh, celebrity chefs and stuff. They used to do that. Um, they haven't done it since COVID and it's still not back. That's something that would be a nice addition and a nice appeal, uh, for the event, but they do have the eat to the beat concert series. Of course, I think. Festival of the Arts has brought like the Broadway, uh, Disney on Broadway or something, and then um, f- the Flowering Garden has a concert series as well. So,
1: and you know. then uh, International uh, Holiday has uh, the- candlelight procession. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah,
0: so they all have something going on in the American Gardens Theater. But uh, anyway, it's just an interesting conversation. Um, I-, I can tell you, before I moved down here, before I came a pass holder, the first family trip that I took from traveling down from Knoxville, Tennessee with my kids and and wife at the time. Uh, 2014, we we specifically chose to travel in October so that we could go to the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. That was part of our decision making. Um, and that was my first time actually attending the event because typically being someone who didn't have an AP and didn't live in Florida, we would travel in the summertime. So um, it was a big deal and it was exciting. and It was fun and we made a point to you know, go and, and attend the food booths and try a lot of different entrees and snacks and drinks and things like that. Um, and I still, I still do that now as a pass holder and a, and a local, uh, but I would say I do the same thing. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a similar routine as what I do for flower and garden and festival, of the arts now it's so anyway, Interesting perspective. I I don't know. It's funny that you mentioned the the two weeks after Flower and Garden that uh, there's no festival in Epcot. You know, the cool kids call that Diet Epcot. Um (laughs)
1: I did not realize that's what it was called.
0: Yeah, it's been a thing for years. There, I, I can't remember who started it, but you can get merch that says Diet Epcot. And, of course you can. And if you go on social media, people will say, I like Diet Epcot, and it's a whole thing. And you know, like anytime there was like a, a viral thing that I wasn't part of and didn't necessarily like, I'm totally against it. So, I'm against mm-hmm. Diet Epcot. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Alright, I will
1: add that to the list of things that I just in Monorail is against.
0: Yeah. You remember how mad I got when people were saying that the polynesian bungalows aren't real
1: oh i very vividly remember <laughs> how angry that made you like like it it did not make sense how angry that that just stupid throwaway <laughs> social media thing made you like it's like i just casually offhandedly it's mentioned he's like yeah that's that's a little bit funny and you're like
0: that no is not funny. it's not
1: it is so stupid <laughs> why do people think it's like
0: <laughs> that that was the okay, thing that irritated right, me. That is exactly the thing that irritated me about it though because people thought it was hilarious and everybody started saying it. And I was like, this isn't funny. It's not funny. <laughs> like I don't know why it's a thing.
1: Oh well, well, and, and speaking of that, staying in Epcot, a uh, uh, mutual friend I saw on Twitter, uh, Jay, not you, another Jay, was posting uh, on uh, on Twitter today, or I guess it's now called X or whatever <laughs> uh, Elmo is deciding uh, <laughs> to call it this week. Uh, uh, Terry Crews' uh, little uh, pre uh, pre show monologue in Guardians, Epcotians, Epcotnans. Mm-hmm. What what do they call them? One millionth person uh, screams out, Dave! drinkers and then cringe face below. Apparently that's a thing now. People screaming out during the guardians, uh, guardians pre-show. I did not realize that's a thing, but now that I know that's a thing,
0: when do we start? We
1: the worst. When do
0: we start bringing props? It's going to be like the Rocky horror picture show in the freaking (laughs) guardians pre-show. Come on. Come on. Start Breaking out comedy horn. Yeah. By the way, that's one of those things like in a spontaneous situation, one person does it, like say pre-social media days, would that be funny? Sure. That would be funny once. But guys, come on. Let's mm-hmm. let's not let's not make this a thing. Please. Can we not?
1: Well, apparently it's already a thing because I saw several people agreeing with him in his uh Xer thread uh, oh saying that it's getting to the point of uh, the sighting of the stretching room in the Haunted Mansion. So, uh, uh. Yikes.
0: And now I pass away and become the 1,000th
1: happy at haunt the haunted. haunted
0: Mansion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll be sure to look for you uh, on the big screen and the next time I go into the Magic Kingdom.
0: This is this was a big debate. Now we're getting sidetracked, but of course Me tan-
1: and you getting sidetracked, I am shocked,
0: dude. Shocked. T- tangents and sidetracks are are allowed in the Passholder Lounge. Um I saw this being debated on TikTok in a comment thread where someone was talking about don't recite the Haunted Mansion stretching room monologue. It may be someone's first time in there. You're ruining it for them. And by the way, I agree with that statement. I I don't. I'm with them on that. But then there's other people that are like jumping in and saying, well, I paid my ticket too. I paid just as much as you to be there. I'm trying to have fun. How come I can't do this thing? Okay, look. So did all the people who don't want to hear it. They Mm -hmm. all paid for it too. And also – if your enjoyment is affecting other people, that's when you shouldn't do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's when you stop. That is the line. If if what you're doing to have fun, quote unquote, is impacting other guests, no longer okay.
1: Bottom line. The, yeah. The people in group two have what I like to call... Uh, Main character syndrome, where they think they're the main character in their own movie and everybody else around them are background characters or supporting roles. They can do anything they yeah. want because everybody around them is just in a supporting role. Exactly. No, no, that is not how reality works. Except everybody who got into the Magic Kingdom, yep. Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, even Orlando uh, Studios and uh, and Islands of Adventure and SeaWorld. A- anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Doesn't matter it doesn't have to be just theme parks. If anybody paid money to be there, they have just as much right to be there as you. And you don't get to ruin their fun.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. We're on the same page as usual, Landon, Word. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that I, I know that there's probably going to be people that hear this, that, that for them, that concept will probably, they won't agree with it. And I, that's fine. I,
1: well, if, well, if that's the case, let, let me, Landon the Dazdo, and be the one to tell you, you're
0: not. I, I don't know. S- the For some reason, the whispering is not coming through on my end, but Landon was telling you, you're not the main character. It's not yeah. all about you.
1: It's going to be okay. It's fine. Yeah. Just, just just be one of us but uh anyway uh I never thought I'd be the one uh I'll, I'll try and get us back on <laughs> uh back on subject to the uh food and wine festival I thought it was interesting you said that was something that a AP would say because before I did have an annual pass kind of like you this was that vaunted Epcot festival that 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 was the white whale mm-hmm. this was the festival when it came to Epcot, because when you think Epcot, for better or for worse, you think eating and drinking good. And this is the festival that builds its reputation on eating and drinking good. But then I also thought it was interesting. You said that maybe because it was so good that some of its better traits have now bled into some of the other festivals and what made it unique, what made it so good Kind of took away some of its specialness.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I thought that was an interesting point you made.
0: I think that's true. I, I would like to go back to the beginning of the Festival of the Arts and food, and or um, the flower and garden. I would love to know how extensive the food booths were at those festivals. I don't think that was the focus. You know, maybe they had some special treats here and there, but mm-hmm. but now they're everywhere. Like there's oh, yeah. not there's not as much. I'll, I'll grant you, there's not as much as food and wine, but they're all over the place. They're around. So, uh, well, and
1: I mean, I mean, you talk about how uh, uh, when we started uh, talking about the uh, foodie guide for uh, food and wine, how you love a foodie guide. Yeah. There's now a foodie guide release for every festival. Oh yeah. At Epcot, and 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 to echo what you said, I don't know if that was necessarily the case when Epcot turned into just Festival City yeah. year round.
0: Yeah. And now, you know, speaking of Epcot becoming Festival City, of course, as part of this final piece of construction and world celebration. Hard for me to remember to say that, as I always want to call it Future World, but there's going to have a permanent festival center. There. Oh, that's right. You know, so this is this is as much part of Epcot DNA as characters are now, which weren't in the past. Right. So, like, it, it's just part of the changing face of Epcot. And I really do believe that at some point Imagineers lost the nerve to. And I, I don't mean to say this as like a aggressive, violent thing to say, but I, I think Epcot was never in the long term, going to stay a educational infotainment park without characters. It just it just wasn't going to happen because at some point someone was like, you know, we could make more money if we put Mickey in there, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then it's the same exact thing that happened with with the festivals. The festivals brought in more people. People talk about it. We're talking about it. Um, And so guess what? Now Epcot is a festival park.
1: And not only are people talking about it like you or I go back to what did you say? 2014 people plan their trips specifically for the festivals. And now there's four of them practically year round. And, and, and heck, we got the holidays coming up. There are people that are going to specifically plan their trip for the International Festival of the Holidays because they want to walk around the world and see all of the Christmas decorations. They want to see the big, giant Christmas tree. They want to get that picture with them and their loved ones yeah. with the Christmas tree, with my girl, the Epcot ball, Spaceship Earth in the background, which, I mean, I don't blame them. That's a, that's a phenomenal picture.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I would ask this to the Passholder Lounge listener right now. I would love to know your ranking of the Epcot festivals. How would you rank them one to four? And then are you still planning special trips for those festivals? Are are they something that for you draws you back to Epcot? And if so, which one? Is it specifically one or is it all of them? Do you try to make it to all? I'd really like to hear that from, from the listener. Good question. All right, so let's take a look now at this foodie guide that I love so much. And and just you know, quickly recommend a couple things or or talk about a couple things that jump out to us. I'll tell you, I don't hold on, let's read set. Are you ready for the full menu
1: for this year? I know I am. Let me present to you the 2023 (laughs) foodie guide for the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival presented by Corksicle Bon Tit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um uh, d- go ahead. And I'm not we're not doing that. We're sparing the audience <laughs> mostly because I can't ever pronounce any of these things and No, uh uh-uh. uh. Even though you're living in Florida, you're still a
1: hillbilly from East Tennessee much like myself.
0: Yeah. I can go down through the list and I see something like oh bratwurst. I can I can say yep. I can speak German I can Nailed say Bratwurst. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll be honest like my whole attention gravity is drawn towards the brew wing lab presented by the Muppets this year featuring the <laughs> Muppets and um, I can't wait I mean I'm excited I'll be honest In years past, I haven't really spent a lot of time at the Brew Wing Lab because I'm like, it's food and wine. Why am I going to go get wings and beers? I mean, that sounds great any time of year, but that's not (laughs) special, you know, for me. Um, So this year, I think I'm going to do it. And it's going to be the Muppets that bring me in. Not just the Muppets, but also... A special beverage that they actually placed out a hype video for on social media today. Yeah, they did.
1: They they, <laughs> they put the full weight of their social media team behind this.
0: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's true. There will be a pickle milkshake, non-alcoholic, um, if you were wondering. Although, if they would throw a little rum in there or something... That'd probably be mm. all right with me.
1: Lord in heaven.
0: <laughs> or tequila. Tequila would probably be better with a pickled milkshake. Um
1: I, I'm trying to think well, I mean, there are pickled flavored like moonshines and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't I don't know if, if 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 a shine would go well with a no. milkshake texture. I, I'm gonna be well I think pickles are vile. So <laughs> so this is This They are barking up the wrong proverbial tree on this one. But I know you and several of our friends in the Monorail family are super geeked for this pickle milkshake.
0: Well, let me tell you why. It takes me back to my childhood growing up when I was in middle school, spending my nights and weekends at the skating rink near my house. And they offered pickle pops, frozen pickle pops. And... I loved them. It was something I. In fact, I got to the point where sometimes I would make them at home. So now the thing that's getting me here. I'm sorry to make you chunda. Um, no, no.
1: I, I'm I, I'm about to show you what's getting me. <laughs> God. Ugh.
0: Maybe I, maybe I won't get too deep into it. But but I'm just I'm just thinking like it'll be interesting like the creaminess of a milkshake. I oh I was gonna throw out if you were gonna mix uh, any kind of vodka into it. I think gin would do it. I think gin would do the trick. From Dillo's Diz? <laughs> that's Jen. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Jen, not Jen. Um,
1: it's been a hot minute since we've done this thing. That's uh that's podcast rust on my on my end.
0: My that's mistake. you know, totally understandable. Um
1: however it's the pneumonia.
0: Switching switching my attention towards the food, I am pretty excited about those unnecessarily spicy yet extremely tasty Scotch bonnet pepper curry wings with cool cucumber yogurt. Sounds great to me. And the and the buffalo. Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. So I'm all about the brewing lab tomorrow. Tomorrow in the past, when you all are hearing this tomorrow in the past, I'm making confusing. I'm going to be making a a beeline uh, to the brewing lab because I bet you that uh, it's going to be the pickle milkshake is going to be in high demand tomorrow. People are going to want to put it out there. I
1: do think you're right, not only because they put out the hype video on the socials, I do think there are people of your ilk that are excited uh, about the pickled milkshake because of Maybe they don't have the same memories of going to the uh, <laughs> uh, roller rink next to your house when they were growing up, Jay. But but they're like, like people love pickles. And, and I mean, like to each their own. I don't want to yuck their yum. I think that's something you've said uh, before. But I mean, like pickles are very popular to some people. And I do think this is going to be one of the more popular items of this year's uh, Food and Wine Festival. And this is one of the new items uh, for this year's. Uh, food and Wine Festival and uh, another new item you mentioned, which I think is hilarious. Uh, The title, the unnecessarily spicy and extremely tasty scotch bonnet pepper curry wings with cool cucumber yogurt. Nailed it. I, I, I mean, like no no it's 5 out of 5 stars um I don't I haven't had them I'm not going to be able to have them but I mean just based on the unnecess- unnecessarily long title what's not to love
0: I know I love a long <laughs> title it's my favorite thing um, yeah. and, and
1: especially since like the Muppets have kind of like championed the Brewing lab doesn't that feel like a Muppet name? Yes like 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 the Muppets are sitting around the table trying to come up with the name It's like okay guys, what do we call these wings they're unnecessarily spicy but at the same time extremely tasty uh has has some scotch with it uh pepper curry uh they're they're uh they got cool cucumber yogurt on the side All right that's it what's it? And then they look up from the the table and it's just Kermit there. It's like, where did everybody go? And then boom, (laughs) it's on the menu.
0: (laughs) I think that's probably exactly how it would go down. Um, And I can't wait for those wings to go down my throat.
1: But uh, if you are a fan of the wings and you don't want the uh, unnecessarily spicy option, they got garlic Parmesan wings, which, I mean, that's always a really good option when it comes to wings. And this is an uh, interesting uh, combination, peanut butter and jelly sticky wings. Now, n- neither of those options are going to be new. Uh, I mean, that shouldn't really shock you, particularly when it comes to garlic Parmesan wings. But if this g- peanut butter and jelly sticky wings... Mhm. Interesting.
0: It it those caught my eye too. Yeah. I I don't know how I missed those last year. I mean, like you said it's not new, but that's that is a that's something I never would have considered a a, a wing flavor. So, it's it's something I'd like to try for sure.
1: I mean, if I was down there of the uh, three wing options, and of course you got your traditional buffalo wings, it is the brew wing lab uh, at the Odyssey. Uh, I would go for those uh, PB&J sticky wings. Mm. That's just me, though. That's just me.
0: Is there anything else as you took a look at the foodie guide, like any of the particular booths that caught your eye or any item?
1: I'm a fan of poutine fries. Mm-hmm. Uh if you've listened to me on any of my Disney related podcasts, and anytime we talk about Epcot, what I want to go for, this isn't a new option. Uh, but if you head over to a Refreshment Port, mm-hmm. I'm gonna point out the braised beef poutine fries we're talking French fries, braised beef, uh, uh garlic and fine herbs, cheese sauce, uh cheese curds, um, uh, I love the offerings when it comes to the poutine fries at refreshment ports. And then on top of that, you can uh, get some uh, Boulevard Brewing, uh, a pineapple orange whip hard seltzer, Mm. which I mean, I'm generally not a seltzer guy. But if Florida's been half as hot as uh, East Tennessee's been here recently, let me tell you a a nice, refreshing hard seltzer might uh, might cure what ails you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That one sounds good. I, I'll say I've been burned by some of the interesting fruity seltzers and beers that they've had at Food and Wine in the past, but I, I I don't learn my lesson and I'm willing to try again. So
1: a pineapple orange, yeah, hard seltzer.
0: I haven't had that one, so
1: that's something I would uh, I would take a swing of the bat
0: at. Yeah, orange whip. Yeah, that sounds real good.
1: And I mean, like like we all we all know the line from uh, Blues, excuse me, the Blues Brothers, uh, where uh, John Candy orders orange whip. Orange whip orange whip <laughs> three orange whips. So there you go. Yep. Even though the blues rudders are at the uh, park across the street at a uh, university. So there, uh, there is that.
0: Well, I am excited about that. And I'm also excited about the chimichurri marinated skirt steak taco with crushed avocado, grilled corn salsa, pickled red onions and queso fresco from flavors from fire. This is a new item. And let me tell you, poof, sign me up. It sounds great. Um, I would imagine now the picture of it doesn't make it look this way. I would imagine it's not going to be a huge serving. So it may be a nice snack size. Sometimes I will say, I think that sometimes food and wine, generally people say the portions are relatively small, uh, for what you pay, which is true. But sometimes they, sometimes they do surprise you and you get more than you expect. And I'll tell you, it wasn't at Food and Wine, but they had a fry booth, I believe, it, during Festival of the Arts. It, it would have maybe been um, where we got like a fry flight. And it was – oh, they have it. They have it this year at the Fry Basket for Food and Wine. But I'm, I'm telling you, this was like – I think it was Festival of the Arts. They did the same thing. But it's a lot. It is a lot of potato. <laughs> and and um, if you're not like a huge fan of one of those options, you're going to end up with a lot of them. So just so you know, like um, I, I happen to enjoy them all. Like if you're not familiar with the Fry Flight it, this year, it comes with sea salt and malt vinegar fries, barbecue bacon fries with smoked aioli and sweet potato casserole fries with candy pecans, toasted marshmallow cream and maple bourbon glaze. Mwah! So good. Really, really good. I liked them all. Um, I was
1: gonna say it's like I'm I'm hit or miss when it comes to sweet potato fries, but but the but the glaze that comes with it I think could put me over the top. That does sound really good.
0: Yeah, and I only brought that one up just to just to talk about portion size because if you do get that one and and price wise maybe you pay a little bit more, but it is a big portion. Um, but then you know you might get that skirt steak and it might be kind of small. Which if you're trying to try a lot of things. It is a good thing. So, mm-hmm. well, and uh, another item I wanted to point out. And this is uh, this is
1: a new item. You can find it in Mexico. It's the uh, tostada de carnitas, mm. uh, braised pork on a fried corn tortilla with black beans, avocado mousse, uh, queso fresco, and chives. That just sounds really good uh, picture uh kind of going back to what you were saying on the uh, on the skirt steak entree kind of looks on the small ish side. So I don't know uh, if you're going to necessarily be getting bang for your buck. But I mean, like just reading off those ingredients uh leaves the taste buds of at least one land and down a little bit of watery. So
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then of
1: course you find yourself in Mexico. You got uh, options for uh, Mexican craft beer. You got a Trouble in Paradise margarita and a Ooh. Flyaway margarita. Uh, the Trouble in Paradise and uh, Flyaway are new margarita mm-hmm. offerings. And of course, if neither of those you know uh, make you fly away, you can go into Cava de Tequila and get your favorite margarita of choice. So
0: yeah, I was surprised to see the whole Mexico menu. Um, all the entrees are new. Well, the two entrees and the uh, dessert, all three new because mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of I feel like typically food and wine, the Mexico booth is popular. Um, people tend to, to line up there because I think that for the casual food adventurer who maybe doesn't want to try some of the, the more challenging flavors that are out there at the different booths, Mexico is always pretty safe. You know, you, you know, you can get something that you're relatively familiar with and it's going to be good if you're a fan of Mexican food. So a little bit of a surprise, but, but I'm excited. You know, I, I am excited for the refresh menu and, and that, uh, pastel and pastel impossible, uh, layers of traditional Mexican flan with trace leches and guava. That is something I'm going, I love trace leches (laughs) so much.
1: That looks really good.
0: Yeah. So I'll be getting, I'll be getting that at some point. Um that's that's going to be on the list you yeah, got to make look, a checklist yeah.
1: you really well you say you have to make a checklist that's a really good piece of advice and i want to give you a shout out you put together a really good blog over at the website uh, i think the website is just passholderlounge.com right
0: the Oh, oh, yeah,
1: the passholderlounge.com yep. don't go to passholderlounge.com <laughs> uh that is my bootleg uh website <laughs> where uh where i will steal your information um <laughs> so go to the passholderlounge.com jay put together a really good um it, piece of advice post about going to the food and wine festival and one of the things that he recommended is putting together a checklist of food and drink items that you and your party do want to try while you're there so once you get in the thick of things you're not overwhelmed with all yeah. of these options and i think that's a really good piece of advice because even somebody who's been to these festivals several times there's been times where it's like all right, I'm going to stand in line and I'll have it figured out by the time I get up. Oh, crap. I'm already up here. What do I want? Uh, 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 I want that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, then also you can run into the trap of you try too many things too quickly and then something you really wanted to try. You're just too full and you mm-hmm. and, and you don't get to try it on your trip. So that's another yep. mistake Very that good could point. be made.
1: Yeah. All that food and drink does have to go somewhere. Yeah.
0: And I mean, sure. You know, you could get in there early, which I do recommend. Something I talked about um, a little bit on the blog was going, if you can do it, go on the weekdays and go early because people like me, the locals uh, and pass holders, we're going to come in in the, in the evenings after five o'clock and on the weekends. I say it for a couple of reasons. One of them is it will get more crowded. The lines are going to get longer, so there's always that to contend with. The other thing and I'll just be very honest about this. Some people have disagreed with me. I I think this is absolutely true. The later it gets in the day, and especially evenings on the weekends, World Showcase can get rowdy because yes. people get in there, they drink, and they just, you know, they decide I paid my ticket, I'm gonna enjoy it, and so they have the time of their life. Fair enough. But just be aware, because sometimes even for me, and I'm not really a person who gets overwhelmed by crowds or noise, like I'm fine with it. But sometimes I'm like, this isn't the vibe I was looking for tonight, if, if you know what I mean. So that's just another. And
1: you, and, and you don't want to be that person who does get rowdy. Uh, moderation, not only is it the key to life, it can be the key to enjoying your time uh and you're uh making your party's time at food and wine a good one um some of these drinks can sneak up on you Uh, so moderation is the key to a good time maybe uh maybe sneak in a a glass of water between every drink
0: yeah they're free you can get them
1: free they are free ice
0: water is free all over the park just ask they'll give it to you
1: yep Yep, yep. Yep. Take a
0: refillable water bottle. That's another good thing to do. Um, keep yourself. Yeah, very hydrated.
1: good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. One. Uh, one of the rules. We, well, I was going to say one of the rules we have here on uh, on the pod. Whenever me and uh, Jay get in the virtual podcasting studios, is never go to Disney jail. But let's go ahead and add another one. Take a uh, take a refillable water bottle.
0: Yeah. They need to add more of the water fountain uh, bottle refilling stations because right now I think in Epcot I can only think of one. There may be more, but the one that I'm thinking of is, um, on the path from like journey into imagination with figment, you're walking down that side path, not down the middle of the, of the walkway to world showcase. There's always like a food booth over there. It's where the old Starbucks was. Um, and now they've closed that down, but there's a bathroom over there on the right. There's a water bottle refill station there unless I'm making it up, but that's the only one that I can think of. In Epcot, I don't know that's why. Kind
1: it, of out of the out of the way.
0: There might be one in France too, near the because Remy has brand new bathrooms in the France, uh, the back part of the France pavilion. So there may be one there. But yeah, both of them are out of the way. So um, mm. they need to do a yeah. little bit better with that.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, because uh, that's something I think everybody could stand to do more of when they're down at Disney is uh, taking in some more water.
0: Made me think. Do they have one in Connections Cafe? They might. I'll check on that tomorrow in the past.
1: <laughs> oh, you'll check on that tomorrow in the past. Once again, that's not confusing one bit. <laughs> yeah. Not confusing at all. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe, well, I was going to say this is something you can check out tomorrow in the past, but this is an option that opens later this mm. fall. I do think it's interesting. There are some food options that are coming later yeah. in the year quote unquote schedule for food and wine, the bubble and brine, mm. uh, food booth, um, jumbo shrimp cocktail and a, a Jonah crab claw cocktail. Uh, and then of course you have, uh, some, uh, champagne options. Um, uh, I, I think they look interesting but at the same time i'm i'm being completely honest i think i'd be a little bit leery of uh getting you know uh shrimp and crab cocktail options out of uh out of what's practically just a uh wooden shack that's been uh, <laughs> uh, uh baking in the uh florida heat that's for true. uh <laughs> for hours that day that's, that's fair just me, though. that's fair that's just me though
0: and again, looking at the picture that they've got on the foodie guide, if you do get the shrimp cocktail. Now, it's jumbo shrimp, which, by the way, is an oxymoron. But um, <laughs> it it's two of them, but they don't look that big. Um, yeah, so They don't look jumbo. They yeah, look they, jumbo. they look like shrimp. Um, but anyway, yeah. that's something to keep in mind. That might be a small snack if you're looking for a small snack. I, I would uh, be interested specifically for the Prosecco cocktail sauce. That sounds interesting to me. I've had shrimp cocktail. I've had a grilled lemon. I don't know how many, but I'm sure I have. Um, <laughs> yes, the uh, the
1: uh, the uh, pr- uh, Prosecco cocktail sauce and uh, grilled lemon come with uh, the oxymoronic uh, jumbo shrimp cocktail that yeah. Jay was referencing.
0: The the other booth that's opening later, so I won't be able to try it yesterday, tomorrow, in the past, um, <laughs> whatever. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know how I was saying it. Um, is the Char and Chop booth the and of course all the items here are new. They're going to have a roasted porchetta with lemon parsley, salsa verde, and shaved fennel salad, a grilled impossible spicy sausage with herb, polenta, uh, putine- putinesca sauce, and ricotta, and then a meat assorti, a trio of shaved meats with baby arugula, pickled mustard seeds, truffle oil, and grilled ciabatta. All that sounds good to me. Um, of course, the the meaty assorti is a little bit like a grown-up lunchable, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I yeah, would.
1: It, re- it really does. Yeah. Now that you've said that, it's like, yep, that is a uh, up lunch bowl.
0: I think I would go for the impossible spicy salt. Now, I know that the, I think the hype over impossible meat has sort of passed at this point because we've all realized sure, it's vegan, but also at the same time, it's not actually good for you. Um, However,
1: so, so we as chunk monster Americans were like, it's not actually meat, but you know, it's still not healthy. Right? So we're fine with it. Yeah. So
0: we're good. We're good with it. It's the. It's not really health food, so we're all okay. It's the
1: American with,
0: way. With impossible, it's full of sodium. Um, but yeah, I've tried like in the past, I've tried from Epcot uh, food booths like the Impossible meatballs and stuff. They've been really good, so I'd be willing to to try that and give people my thoughts on. If they're if they're trying to avoid meat, whether they should give it a try or not.
1: Well, it's funny you called the uh, meat assortie a uh, grown up lunchable. I'm a big fan of charcuterie boards, which mm. other people call grown up lunchables, or I guess open face grown up <laughs> lunchables. Um, so I would probably go with that. And, and- that sounds like an insult. You open face grown up lunchable. <laughs> Hey, look out! I'm walking here. You open face, throwing <laughs> up lunchable. I'm doing a character who's apparently from Brooklyn. Oh!
0: <laughs> I love it. What is going on? So, so that's the thing that you might try from the char and chop. Is that what you you would? Yeah,
1: yeah. Eat? That's 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 what I would try because I mean, it's like I'm somewhat of a picky eater. I would admit that, and and it being kind of a kind of a meat and. I guess, vegetable plate, uh, I could kind of pick around it. And, and since I would be traveling with people, I could share it with people who would eat what I pick around. So there you <laughs> go. It would not go to waste is what I'm getting at.
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's very true. And I'm I'm proud of you for being thoughtful about waste. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> I would point you though, if you're interested in charcuterie in Spain, now this is not a new thing, but it's something that is on Emil's fromage montage, the charcuterie in a cup with a selection of imported Spanish meats, cheeses, olives and herbs, serrano vinaigrette. I did have this last year and it is very good. The only oh,
1: Now that's what's up. My only
0: feedback about this. Why not put it in like a crunchy cracker cone or something?
1: Oh, that would be awesome because then like yeah, like, like you could like just in, eat it. Yeah, instead of like a like a waffle cone, it's like a like a cracker cone. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Which actually, I think Cracker Cone is opening for Kid Rock this weekend <laughs> at your local county fair. So so there's that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- the only issue that I could see with that is maybe you get a little soggy, but you just load it up at the time that people order. It. I guess there's the hang up, right? Because they try to get things a little prepped as much as possible before you get there. This is one of those things. Of course, they could just have all of the pieces of the charcuterie in a cup and then put it into that cracker. And and then you could also order it cracker free for people who are trying to be like, uh, you know, uh, gluten free or avoid carbs. Um, unfortunately, if you're trying to be cracker free, you found the wrong podcast. Cause it's, just, it's like two of the biggest crackers of all time. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, it's like, there's so many ways we can go with it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so anyway, <laughs> Lots of good stuff. I, You know, it's funny because I feel like we both of us sort of downplayed um, the Food and Wine Festival at the beginning of this conversation. But obviously, there's plenty of stuff that we'd want to try. And, and I and I wouldn't – I would never say I'm not excited about Food and Wine. I am. But mm-hmm. all I would yes. say is it's just about the same as I am for the other festivals. That's all I mean to say. So.
1: Well, and, and, and it's like I like – if I had to answer the question you're throwing out to the listeners, I don't know how I would rank my favorite festival, but I think I would put food and wine festival towards the bottom of my list. But it's like I have I have a I have a saying. It's like bad pizza is better than no
0: pizza. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and I can I can translate that to a festival at Epcot. A bad festival at Epcot is better than no festival at Epcot.
0: Yep. unless you and, like diet Epcot.
1: And, well, I'm I'm not going to go that far like those weirdos, Jay, um, and, with their merchandise. I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: Go I'll on. send you a link. <laughs> please don't, please don't.
1: Um, but I mean, like, we just went through a very brief synopsis of what is being offered at this year's food and wine festival, and I guarantee you, there is delicious food and drinks that we didn't even touch on. So, oh, I mean, yeah. no matter what your taste buds go go nuts for there's something there's going to be something for you
0: yeah no kidding yeah there, there's plenty even for people like landon who are picky eaters yep. um there, there's plenty of options and and if you are more adventurous there are some interesting choices out there i, I will that that maybe is my only uh, overall thought while i look through the the foodie guide this year there's not anything that i feel like is overly wild uh and crazy um you know but that's okay I guess they're they're trying to to appeal to as many people as possible. And I feel like most of the things are gonna be foods that people would try. Unless you're just like, well, I'm not a fan of of that particular vegetable or pickles or like whatever it may be.
1: I'm not a fan of foods <clears throat> that happen to be orange.
0: Yeah. Then yeah. then then you're in trouble. Because everything is smothered in orange juice. Um <laughs> I thought and we all tang. understood that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: You remember Tang, Disney's bringing it back.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, that's food and wine. That's food and wine in a nutshell. And Landon, I'm going to ask you this. This is going to be our our parting thoughts uh, for today's episode because we've filled up the day with food and wine, which is fine. Um, Food and wine is fine. In the Facebook group this week, someone... And I'm just I'm saying someone, not that I don't want to give you credit. I just don't have permission to say your name. So that's why I'm not saying it um, brought up a question that I thought was really interesting. And they referred back to a time that maybe I had given this advice. And the question was whether or not this particular practice is sort of against. Let's just call it Disney reservation morals. Right. And. The practice that I've talked about in the past is if you go to make advanced dining reservations at Walt Disney World, you're in the app or on the website and say you've got a party of, of two, um, sometimes when you search for reservations for that party of two, the particular restaurant you want is not available, but what you will find is if you bump it up to four or three, even sometimes a time will miraculously appear. So the question that was asked is, is it a, is this okay? Is this a right thing to do? It, are you taking a table away from someone who maybe has that particular party size? So I'm just, I have my thoughts on it. I'm asking you Landon as someone who makes advanced dining reservations. Do, do you think there's a problem with adjusting your party size to open up more available tables and reservation times?
1: Hmm, that's an interesting question. Okay, so in the example you're giving, a party of two, bumping it to a reservation for three
0: of four. This may have been, let's change it. Let's say a party of three, and you either change it to two or four. Let's say that. Because an odd number is harder to find.
1: Okay, well well, then can we, th- is somebody who uh, has been a previous uh, Notorious Solo A traveler. Could Mm -hmm. we throw in a party of one, making it a uh, a two or a three, making it a two? Okay. Well then, well then, I'm going to say in those instances, I really don't have an issue, particularly if it's a party of one booking it for a table of two. You're still going to be getting the exact same same table table, you, you would have been getting in that instance. And generally, I mean, if you're a party of two and you made a reservation for three or four. um you're probably still maybe gonna be getting the same table you would have been getting i mean i do understand a two top or a four top is different than a two top and a four top is more common uh than as opposed to a two top i don't have an issue with that now if you were to say like just have a party of two Mm -hmm. and then you make a reservation for like 10 or something and then you walk up to be our guest and be like yeah it's a don't party of 10 actually we only got two here and we're gonna have to change that then i might be like yeah i that's that's where i kind of feel like that's a little bit of a bit of a slippery slope yeah i mean like if you're just fudging the numbers one maybe two i really don't have an issue with it
0: yeah i agree with you and Obviously, I would because I've given this advice apparently at some point in the past.
1: And I was going to say, it's like, I think I've done that when I was a solo traveler because it's like, I mean, sometimes getting a table for one at some of the more popular reservation spots is damn near impossible. Yeah. But then, like you say, you magically bump it to two. Oh, oh look, guess there it what? is at the exact time I wanted. Yeah. Look that bad boy. Yeah. And guess what? Disney didn't care.
0: I've done it plenty of times. So here's why I think it's okay. Just as you said, if you're talking, fudging the numbers one or two, no big deal. Here's why. When you go to check in at the restaurant, it's going to ask you how many people are in your party. Disney actually allows you to go, in my experience, over – even if you have a table. Let's say it was a table for four. You show up, and then you can click it up to five or – sometimes even it lets you do two additional – For whatever, like I've done this at Oga's. I've done it at other places. Like I got a reservation for two. Oh, we've got another person. I show up and I'm like three when I check in. Totally fine. No big deal. So the other way you show up, just as you said, I am I go frequently to Disney restaurants alone. But sometimes it's hard to find that table for one. So I will book it for two. Show up. Tell them it's one person. Never had any kind of issue. Now. I don't like the practice people do of I don't know what what restaurant I want to go to on a particular day. Me and several other party members are going to block tables for, like you said, 10 or five, whoever knows, at at all these different restaurants. And then as we get closer, we'll start to figure out where we want to go and we'll cancel some of those reservations. I don't like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because that is taking tables away from people. You're, You're booking tables that you don't intend to use. That, to me, is a problem. Um, similarly, booking a table at a resort like at Kona Cafe, showing up, canceling that reservation just so you could park there and go to the parks. Not a fan of that.
1: No, no. That is that is taking away a table from somebody that would use it. Yeah.
0: So, like, those things, I think, are bad reservation practices. But as far as, you know... I. I'm. I've got a odd. I've got an odd number party. The time I want's not there. Yeah, mess around with the number a little bit. I'm telling you, you'll see options. Even if you have to go down. If if you're t- if you're a table of three, like you said, two tops are different than four tops. But if you're a table of three, you bump it down to two, and you get your time when you show up and tell them that you have three. You just click it on the app. It's fine. They'll find a table. You may have to wait a little bit more, but mm-hmm. they'll find a table for you. Yep. So. Anyway, I think it's okay. You roast me in the comments if you think I'm wrong. <laughs> bring it on, haters. Use hashtag Justin this time. I don't know. Who cares?
1: Yeah, you really thought that one out. Yeah, bring it on, haters. His name is Frank Cardello.
0: <laughs> I'm not on Twitter or X anymore, so I don't know this stuff. I don't know how to do Good it for
1: you. Good for you. I'm I'm jealous of that, yeah. though, 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 to be fair, I think Elmo is trying to push all of us off this uh this burning boat. I think so. you're right. I think you're
0: right. <laughs> well, Landon, before he does that, why don't you tell people where they can find you if they'd like to find you on X? Ugh.
1: Can we just all agree we're gonna keep calling it Twitter? Yeah, Like, let's, like do it. let's just keep calling it Twitter. All right. L-A-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me. Landon don't, I'm the best. Landon don't not the rest. That's where you can follow me. 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com, ButtMunchChips.
0: Sit on your butt and munch.
1: Ooh, I should uh, start a bet. What's going to end first, uh, twitter.com or buttmunchchips.com? <laughs> I think
0: Twitter. I think buttmunchchips will outlast it. Yeah. it's Good the cockroach way. of the inner It
1: really is. It really is. It hasn't moved in years, but it won't <laughs> die. Uh, but uh, I also appear on the Phil show news talk, W O WOKI radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee streaming six to 10 a.m. Eastern standard time at news talk, also available in the iHeartRadio app and the news talk, nine, eight, seven app as well. Uh, it's been fun, buddy. We'll have to do this again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, next time we might have, Another lounger with us, uh, joining the regular pre-recorded show. So uh, no, no, no.
1: This is only a, this is only a two top.
0: It's a two hander. The two top. Maybe we can get a little baby seat and pull it up beside us. We'll see. Um, but I don't
1: know. The last time I was down at Disney, I was uh, I had my ass uh, dog walked around all of God's creation. So I so I don't know how I feel about.
0: That. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Landon, it's been fun. Uh, can't wait to see you back here next time.
1: We'll do it again, my friend. And to, uh, all the listeners, uh, thanks for sticking with the, uh, hiatus over on uh, my show. Does, does Disney. I was, uh, down in, uh, Orlando, went to all the parks in early June and brought back the worst possible souvenir you could. <laughs> well, not the worst one. I guess that'd be COVID. Second worst pneumonia. But, uh, we are back on a regularly scheduled uh, podcast uh, thing uh, Dropping every Monday 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time So uh, be sure and subscribe wherever you Get your podcast and leave a five-star review For uh, your boy That'd be greatly appreciated Do it This is the last call For alcohol this evening Drink up, drink up, drink up And order again
0: Thank you for joining us in the Passholder Lounge today. If you want more, you can get more. Why don't you join our Facebook group? It's the Passholder Lounge Community on Facebook. You can also visit the website, thepassholderlounge.com for all your passholdery loungy content. There's a blog, there's a merch site, and there's links to the YouTube where you should subscribe so you can join the live show when we go live every month. I also have a sign up for a future newsletter. If you'd like to be part of that, make sure you put your name down and there's a merch store. If you want even more contact and connectivity with this community, send me a note on the website. You can do it with the contact us link and let me know you want to join the discord. I will send you a link to your email and you can join the family and get that connection every single day. Thank you so much. Once again for listening We'll see you next time, and until then, be excellent to each other, and party on, dudes. Bye-bye.